Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to A Man on the Post podcast. It is me again, Ross, and you are listening to this week's episode of Football Hell, or as someone who commented on our Twitter account called it, 11 Feces of Me. So maybe that we'll be going with that one on the show. I won't title them for the uh, iTunes and stuff, 11 Feces of Me, because you know people might get a bit, bit put off. Uh, but anyway, um, last week you heard uh, Nath and his Arsenal worst 11 of all time. This week you were, I'm joined by Chris, the host of the Thursday show. How are you, Chris? I'm great. How are you? Good. Good. Now you have multiple teams to choose from, but I'm, I'm assuming you're going with Liverpool for this. <laughs> yeah, I have. I've gone for Liverpool. <laughs> Good. So, so, so such a bitch. <laughs> The basis of this show, if you've not heard it before, is um, I guess we'll pick their 11 worst or least favourite, I should say, rather than worst, uh, their least favourite 11 uh, from the team they support, put them into some sort of rough uh, approximation of the formation, uh, pick a captain, pick a manager, and then some honourable mentions. So Chris has gone for a 4-4-2, um, we're better to start, than in goal. Let's start with goalie Chris, who is your least favourite Liverpool goalkeeper of your lifetime? Uh, I'm going to quantify these 11 players at the start by just saying I don't mind hopeless players. I don't mind players that are useless, <laughs> hopeless, anything like that. Yeah. I, don't like, I don't like dickheads. God loves okay. a tryer. Exactly. Everyone loves a tryer. <laughs> uh, I don't like dickheads. With that said. Yeah, with that said. And I don't like people <laughs> who are really, really shy. So, yeah. first goalkeeper I've gone for, uh, mm-hmm. I've gone for David James. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He apparently uh, was the brains behind the white suits in the 1996 Cup final. Uh, he had a deal with Armani at the time, where he was modeling for Armani at the time. It was like peak Spice Boys era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Liverpool decided to wear white cream uh, suits with the red, red tie. tie. Yeah, that was yeah. it uh, <laughs> on the day. Um, Fergie, it was all the team talk Fergie needed because Liverpool play Manchester United. <laughs> Um, it was all the team talk Fergie needed. It was pretty much to his players. Look at that bunch of flash yeah. bastards. Um, I never thought of it that way before. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they think they've won this already. Look at them swatting around in that those white suits. Go out there and show them. Um, and show as they did because they won. Uh, yeah. So um, and apparently the whole thing came from uh, David James's deal. So we've had. Loris Karius over the years. Uh, yep. I feel very sorry for him in the Champions League final because he was concussed, to be fair. Simon yep. uh, Mingale is, was just having a hopeless run of form that we've all had at work from time to time. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, Jersey Dudek, uh, Pepe Reina, pretty solid. So it's got to be uh, Jamo, I'm afraid. Yeah, you've had pretty solid keepers across the years. James, I mean, he did play 277 games for Liverpool, more than any other club. Um, yeah. 
a lot of people kind of think of him as a Villa keeper or maybe a Portsmouth keeper for later in his career. But again, those two teams combined, not as many games as he played for Liverpool. He was there from 92, 93, which I didn't quite realise. He was there that yeah, long. Yeah, I remember his debut. I'm sure it was his debut. It was against Aston Villa. Um, right. And a corner came in and he yeah. just ran out. He just jumped in the air without sticking his hands up to catch it. <laughs> and then Villa scored. It's oh, who's this guy? Um, and he was going through a period in the mid-90s where he was dropping absolutely everything. Yeah. He, he couldn't catch a ball. Uh, and one time, he, which he blamed on playing the PlayStation too much, um, one time he was walking off the pitch at St. James's Park after the game and yeah. someone threw him a water bottle uh, and he caught it. He went, oh, I caught it. <laughs> As if not even he realised how terrible it was. So, yeah, he's my keeper. Yeah, he had the Calamity James nickname, didn't he? He was the... He did. The first proper flappy goalkeeper, I think, it would come for crosses and drop them. I remember that a lot. But yeah, yeah, Fair play. That's, a, that's a strong start. Like you say, you've had you've had solid keepers across the years, so he's, yeah. he's a solid choice for that. Uh, so you've gone for a flat back four. Let's start with your your right back, shall we? Uh, I don't know if he was a right back. I knew he was a full back. Okay. Um, I, I'm not even sure if he existed as a person. The only evidence I've got of him actually existing is the 2006 Cup final when right. Stephen Gerrard scored that equaliser from 35 yeah. yards out or whatever um, and Gerard ran away to celebrate and this guy jumped on his back and that's the only time I can recollect him playing for Liverpool it's Jan Kronkramp um, oh wow yeah <laughs> wow I think he was there for one season so it's K-O-N-K-R-A-M-P um, yeah he was there for one season this blonde Dutch fella uh, he came in after we won the Champions League and I thought we just won the Champions League we finished quite far behind Chelsea yeah. We've got to be challenging for the league. Is Jan Kronkramp the sort of player we want? Um, you know, is it the sort of calibre we want? Or could we push in the boat out a bit further? Yeah. He wore two. So he was given a sort of top 11 uh, squad number. It wasn't his fight. He was given 33 or something. Yeah, he was the first team in co- air quotes kind of player. Yeah. So you would kind of think that, um, that, that maybe a bit more would be known about this. Or this guy would have a bit more of a um, uh, an impact. But... Yeah. Literally, all I remember is him jumping on the back of Steven Gerrard after Gerrard scored that goal. <laughs> his, uh, his, his Wikipedia says he was uh, unable to dislodge Steve Hinnon from the starting lineup. So, I mean, that kind of tells you <laughs> where, where he was at the time. Yeah, he signed from Villarreal. I played 14 games, apparently. Um, he, he signed an exchange deal with Hosame going in the opposite direction. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. Never knew okay. that. But I, I t- it's, a, it's a name I know, a name I remember, but I totally forgot he played for Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been a name I would have probably signed a few times on Championship Manager in the early 2000s. Oh, okay. One of those odd, odd kind of Dutch fullbacks that are pretty good. But yeah, yeah. he's in the 2006 World Cup squad as well for Holland. Fair play to him. Yeah, apparently so. What, what a player or sort of putting he out the games? Three appearances. Um, in that year so maybe that was in the run-up maybe in friendlies before the game so I don't remember playing in the actual World Cup but... I can't remember if he was a left-back or right-back I'm trying to think who would have been for Holland I mean Van Bronckhorst would have been there wouldn't he um, was, Reitziger it, maybe it must be right-back because he, he couldn't dislodge Steve Finham Finham was right-back wasn't he because he would have had uh, on the left, I assume. yes he was yeah we were Reese Christie's yeah yeah exactly <laughs> there you go then uh, Jan Kronkamp makes it in who is your left-back okay, uh, my my <laughs> no, it's not John Arisa. He's in my pieces of eating. Uh, Pork and Chesky. Um, symbolic of a terrible, terrible time of Liverpool. So this is kind of the end of Hicks and Gillette. Liverpool are nearly going out of existence a la Leeds. Um, yeah. And they are uh, fishing around 
in the sort of lower reaches of signings. So we've had Rafa nearly winning the league in 08-09. Then he had the 09-10 season, which was pretty much a disaster. Mm -hmm. He went, in comes Roy, and then we signed Paul Kinchessi. And, (laughs) you know, Man United won the league a couple of years before. They weren't going to sign Paul Kinchessi. No. The league by about two points. They weren't going to get him. Um, I think that was the season we signed Joe Cole as well, which I was quite excited about getting Joe Cole on a. I was like Joe Cole, yeah. Yeah, but he got sent off about ten minutes into his baby, um, so um, oh. <laughs> that summed up his career. But yeah, Paul Kincheski sums up a time where um, uh, before Liverpool got where they are now, uh, we had to sort of yeah. scrape the barrel a bit, and he is very barrel scrapey. Yeah, I, I always forget the Roy Hodgson era at Liverpool. Because it kind of came and went with no sort of, there was nothing, no fanfare. There was no major disasters, but no major fanfare either. It just kind of happened and that was it, wasn't it? No, because of course he just got Fulham to the Europa League final, hadn't he? Beating yeah. Juventus in the semi. So when he signed, it was, I wasn't excited, you know, because it was Roy Hodgson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, w- I wouldn't say I was excited, but I thought it's like a steady, safe pair of hands, like a continuation of, of Rafa. Yeah. I felt well, he brought Kincheski with him from Fulham. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he God, played he did, 15, he? 15 games in his Liverpool career. Um, and then went off to Leicester. He's still playing now for Billericay Town. He's 40 years old. Yeah, and he's grown his hair as well. He has. It looks weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's an odd odd looking man these days. But yeah, um, fair play. I mean, that is uh, there's some strong fullbacks in this so far. Yes. Uh, uh, centre-backs, I'm intrigued to hear these two. Well, Who's your first I, one? Okay, I've got to be honest. I know I told you 4-4-2. Yeah. But I was picking worst players, so I didn't realise I had to pick sort of two centre backs, two full backs, that sort of thing. So I'm gonna have okay. to shoehorn in a um I'm gonna have to shoehorn in a full back as centre back. Well, I'll get to that one next. That's um, fine, yeah. Yeah. Dejan Lovren. <laughs> uh I think that's probably about as recent as we get. I do sort of yeah. I do you know, I, I it's very difficult to pick out a player I don't like amongst the sort of post mm. uh, post clop yeah. era. So uh Dejan Lovren's as good as we got. He was awful. Um, he wasn't particularly good uh, and weirdly Jürgen Klopp rewarded him with a four year £100,000 a week contract and and that seemed to make him even worse Um, (laughs) he was just uh, he he used to make me scared when he got the ball or the ball came anywhere near him because (laughs) he didn't know if he was going to dive in he didn't know if he was going to duck out the way of a header he didn't know know, he was going to do a Cruyff turn in a six yard box he didn't know what he was going to do Mm. and and uh, since he's gone to uh, Zenit St. Petersburg, I think, yeah. where he is at the moment, he's turned into a bit of an anti-vaxxer COVID conspiracy theorist as well. He oh, was um, sticking pictures of David Icke on his Instagram last year as well. So I want to... Oh, that's never a good look, is it? <laughs> no, I want to be as far away from Dejan Lovren as possible. But yeah, I think of all the players um, in the sort of Rogers Klopp era, uh, he has scared me the most <laughs> <laughs> when he really yeah. shouldn't have done. That's fair. £20 million when we were signing from Southampton. Was that the same window where you bought a lot of Saints? Lambert signed as well at the same time, didn't he? I think Ricky Lambert. Oh, when did he join us? When did Lovren join us? 2014. It would have been I'm pretty sure that was the Lambert and Lalana window as well. Could have been about that time, yeah. Did you ever play Lovren and Sacco at centre-back together? I really like Sacco. (laughs) I've always liked Sacco, but he looked like a bit of a bomb square every time I saw him play for Liverpool. (laughs) He, um, I think he got harshly done by because he had his drugs ban uh, and he missed Euro 2016 um, yeah. because of it. And Klopp didn't, uh, even when he was cleared to come back and play, Klopp didn't play him at all. Um, he insisted on playing Lovren ahead of 
uh, ahead of him. Um, and that was another reason to dislike Dejan Lovren because I really quite like <laughs> Sacco as well. He was quite yeah. a good defender for us uh, when he sort of turned up and played. Really um, Lovren was captain alongside Van Dijk at centre-back. You give the captaincy to Lovren, obviously, when you've got Van Dijk next to him. <laughs> well, he's one of the best defenders in the world, he said so himself. <laughs> We've been fairly decent for defenders this century. Um, yeah. Aga, Hippia, Carragher, uh, Skirtle. We've not yeah. done too bad. Uh, he sort of sticks out. I mean, you know, we had Satoris Kyriakos as well, but, you know... <laughs> Yeah, that's he sticks out a little bit. That one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have done really well, Agger and Skirtle. I mean, that's two of my favourite centre backs in Premier League history. Those two. They're just a what a team they were. I love Daniel Agger. Yeah. He's amazing. His left foot tattooed, left foot, brilliant. All the things I, I love in a footballer. He sort of um, he was like a little bit of a pioneer. He's one of the first footballers I remember wearing white boots, and he was one of the first mm-hmm. footballers I remember with the arm sleeve tattooed yeah. as well. Proper slaves, yeah. I looked like a hard bastard. No, like he didn't look it, but you knew that he was. Like you wouldn't yeah. mess with him at all. Um, so there you go. That's your, your only proper centre back. Who is uh, joining Lovren in the heart of the defence? Jason McAteer. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've got no idea whether he can play. Maybe I could change this to a 3 4 3 or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. But I suppose you're doing worse plays. Let's just shoehorn these people in wherever. Uh, Jason McAteer, um, he's another one of the Spice Boys era. But mm-hmm. I don't really sort of have a great deal of affection for, I think, of all the Spice Boys. The only one I've got any real affection for is uh, Robbie Fowler, who's probably one of the greatest footballers ever. Um, McIntyre always seemed like he was like a bit of a hanger-on with that group because it was like James, yeah. it was Collie Moore, Fowler, McManaman, and then McIntyre was kind of there as well. Yeah, that's sort of he... thing as well. Yeah, he um, his nickname was Dave, uh, as in Trigger for any fools and horses. We'd already got a Trigger. Rob Jones is already called Trigger, so yeah. he was called Dave. Um, <laughs> to be fair, he was quite nice to me in a pub once when I met him. But he, oh, really? uh, yeah, he was quite nice, but. Uh, he, um, he, yeah, he, uh, he was called, he was called Dave, and I'm trying to think some of the things he did. He, uh, he once asked for a pizza to be cut into eight rather than four slices because he wasn't that hungry. <laughs> um, rumor is that when he went abroad um, oh, on his passport, it said position within company, and he said um, sort of midfielder or something <laughs> rather than <laughs> player or whatever it was. Things like that. He, he, he had a sort of tete-a-tete with Roy Keane because neither of them particularly sort of liked each other as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but he, I've just, I, I brought these up here because um, I had a, I had a little thing. Uh, if you just don't mind me. No, fine. I've just did this one for you. On the, the FIFA Soccer 96, on the international edition, McAteer was on the main, on the front cover of that alongside Frank De Boer. Yes, he was because I had that. Random pairing. <laughs> it's completely bizarre. Uh, yeah, uh, um, Razor Ruddock said that he gave him the nickname. Apparently, he um, Jason McAteer, when he met uh, Jimmy White, shouted 180. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the calibre of player we're dealing with. So that's why he's in, as well as being a, a spy boy. Oh, God. Um, I, my abiding memory of Jason McAteer is when him and John Barnes got fired from Tranmere. Yes. <laughs> and they're loading their push bikes into the back of, it must have been John Barnes's car. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> Just a picture of the two of them carrying their bikes, putting it into the back of this Land Rover. And they were struggling. And a friend of McAteer's who was watching Sky Sports at the time actually texted him and says, you need to fold the wheel up to get it into the boot. <laughs> yeah. um, I think another story about his is he locked himself out of the car and someone suggested he went and got a coat hook to try and sort of open it and he brought back a wooden one 
Um, <laughs> it's just, just things like this. The other thing is, well, we got him from uh, Bolton, and he was pretty yeah. decent at Bolton. Um, but again, it's another one of those things. At the same time, Manchester United weren't shopping at Bolton. Um, no, they weren't. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, we yeah, we were. So yeah, yeah, symptomatic of that sort of era. He sold him to Blackburn, I think. Yeah, Brian Kidd signed him. Yeah, I think he did. <laughs> Uh, well, there you go. That is a solid um, defensive unit there. That's not letting many goals, is it? James is going to be a very busy man in goal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so rather than getting the positions, then who was your first midfielder uh, in this lineup? All right, I'm only a tin hat for this. Stephen Gerrard. <laughs> oh, I've got the image sorted for the podcast now. <laughs> now I, I know of your your Stephen Gerrard um, dislike, I suppose, but explain it to the wider audience. I have never ever liked Stephen Gerrard from the moment he came in. I just didn't like his face for a start. You know, you sort of see people and you think, mm. um, yeah. and when he first started getting established in the team, he had this habit of playing these real Hollywood passes, which mm-hmm. would come off one pass out of 15, but for the other 14, they wouldn't. Um, yeah. And it got to the point where even he said, yeah, I need to stop doing these. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, But he didn't. He sort of kept on trying to sort of, try and find these raking 60-yard passes to the wing or over the top of defenders, and quite often they didn't work. Um, he got given the captaincy. Uh, they stripped Sammy Hippier of the captaincy and gave it to him, which was wow. always going to get my back up. Yeah. Um, and he tried leaving twice. Um, he did, yeah. I think a lot of people forget this. He was yeah. almost a Chelsea player, wasn't he? Or twice very, he was almost a Chelsea player. Yeah, very, very close to being a Chelsea player. I mean, you might need some allegedly on this, but yeah. you know the reason about why he didn't become a Chelsea player? Uh, no. Uh, apparently, uh, very, very allegedly, his wife was being um, seen to by one of the local villains or gangsters. Uh, and he, he had photos and said, if you join Chelsea, these photos are going to a newspaper. Wow. Um, and his nickname was Pancake. So every now and then when it's Pancake, they, somebody on Twitter says awkward silence in the Gerald household today. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, he, I mean, it, after 2005, after when we won the Champions League, he had pretty yeah. much said that he was going to join. Um, he'd pretty mm. much been, he pretty much said to uh, Liverpool, I'm gone. Um, yeah. I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was Jamie Carragher. Might have even been Rick Parry. And I think he told Rick Parry he was off. Might have been Jamie, um, who yeah. said, uh, you, <clears> can't, you, know, you can't go. You look at what you're leaving and, and all this sort of thing. But, he like pretty much agreed all ready to go. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I just never took to him again after that. Um, I don't know, maybe you could say he was there for another 10 years afterwards. Did that make up for it? But no, not really. Um, a sliding doors moment, though, isn't it? Like, what would have, what would have happened to that Chelsea team like, if he turns up there in 2005 alongside Lampard, presumably? Yeah, we're literally talking to Ryan about this yesterday in pre-record for our podcast. How would you play them? Um, yeah. Because you've got Essie in there at the same time. Ryan exactly. was, saying, like, was still hanging around. And we were saying that this was like peak Jose. This is when Jose was at the sort of top of his powers. And yeah. maybe Jose could have got Lampard and Gerrard playing together in a way that others couldn't. It could have been really interesting. Um, yeah, that would have been really... Yeah, only only one man like Jose would have been the man to kind of control that. But yeah, that, that, I'm just looking at that team. Makaleli, Essien... Lampard, Joe Cole was there. Uh, Jeremy, who was kind of a in and out of the central midfield, but Simon Diara was there as well. They had options in central midfield. They weren't Legends. short of, yeah, they weren't short of options there. No, they weren't. And I think that um, I don't know whether you would have uh, whether you would have sort of Makaleli 
holding and Gerard and Lampard together in the middle. And I don't know how it would work. Or maybe you just do, yeah. you do four, one. Yeah, one, SCN three, and then Lampard yeah. and Gerard, Cole and Robin or Drogba, uh, as yeah. Drogba as a striker. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'd have had two wingers and then Drogba, like sort of Ferdinand did with Gillespie and Ginla for Newcastle. Yeah. But yeah, it would have been really interesting. But yes, uh, Steven Gerrard is, um, yeah, he's off that list, unfortunately. Yeah. The other thing we were saying, he's quite a sort of tragicomic figure in Premier League history. Uh, he never won the Premier League. He had that slip. Um, we don't let this slip now. Yeah, that, <laughs> we don't let this slip. Everyone knows that. Like, yeah. it's, it's famous. His last appearance for Liverpool, he got humped 6 1 uh, at Stoke. His last appearance against Manchester United, he got sent off after 40 seconds. Um, yeah, he's like this sort of tragicomic figure in Premier League history that's all that's sort of been there for some time. But yeah, he's he's in this team. Yeah, wow. It's a big shout. I mean, it's it's gonna be argued by some people. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I like it. I'm all for it. 710 Good. games for Liverpool. <laughs> what a wastrel. <laughs> well, who's joining Gerard in this midfield? Uh, joining Gerard is Jamie Redknapp, um, oh, another wow, okay. spice boy. If you look, if you sort of look at the sort of go-to photo from that final yeah. of the white suits, it's Jamie Redknapp in a yeah. white suit, sort of with shades his, on. His shades on. His body's facing one way, and his head's facing the other. Uh, his head sort of sort of turning to the left for uh, sort of looking at the camera with his sunglasses on, and you just yeah. know he's thinking he's the absolute dogs in this. <laughs> you, think you look an absolute dick, and no wonder they're going to beat us today. <laughs> the drunkest I've ever been in my life was after that fight. I watched it because I was at university in Liverpool at the time, and I watched it there. And I went out in Matthew Street, which is where the cavern is, and all that sort of thing afterwards. Right. And I, I fell asleep on a pub table, and I got absolutely blabbered. And I blame it all on this team. Um, Imagine Roy Keane sitting in his pictures before the game, thinking, "Fucking, I'm going to have you guys." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was literally the team talk that they wanted. It not only yeah. for it because it's against Liverpool, but. <laughs> Then they turn up wearing that. And I just know for a fact that he was instrumental behind this. The Spice Boys used to have this game. Um, and they'd have a pound coin or a 50p piece. And they'd pass it to each other during the game. And whoever yeah. had it at the end of the game uh, would have to buy the first drinks. So because what they did, they would get changed after a game, get on a helicopter or a plane or something down to London and then go out mm-hmm. for a night out in London. And yeah. you think, you absolute sods. You, you know, you're professional footballers. Imagine if Manchester United players did that. I've heard of that story happening at the uh, the end of the O'Leary tenure at Leeds, and the only one connecting factor there is Robbie Fowler. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Dominic Matteo, but yeah, Robbie Fowler, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's got to be well, one of them, but yeah, I'm, I'm leaning more towards Robbie than Dom. Yeah, Gary Neville said, because um, he, he was on the G, he, he does his podcast and he had Jamie mm. Carragher on the other week, uh, and Gary Neville said that his impression of, well, the, the United players' impression of the Liverpool players at that time was that they were all out on the piss. And they probably yeah. weren't far wrong. Or if they were wrong, they were allowed to be given the impression of it. Who was the manager um, of that spot? That would have been Roy Evans. Roy Evans. Yeah. yeah. Like, he didn't ever kind of... seem like the most uh, disciplinarian type manager, did he? No, I'm sure there's a photo of Robbie Fowler having Roy Evans in a headlock. And again, you imagine yeah. like Steve Bruce doing that to his face <laughs> or something. <laughs> Maybe the last thing he ever did at United. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Jamie Red, I think he was dating Louise at the time, which of course, I mean, obviously they were married for quite a long time, so yeah. it wasn't just like a Hello magazine thing. But there ah, was the reason when... for your hate is, is apparent now. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not a Louise fan, but um, she did a single at the time, and um, in the video for the single was like Jason McAteer and Jamie Redknapp and oh, people yeah. like that. 
you know, just have some professionalism, boys. Just <laughs> do that, would you? Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but uh, but he's in it for being a preening fanny. That's fair. What do you make of him as a pundit these days? I don't have Sky, so I don't see as much of him as other people do, but I know he's not universally popular. No, I, I flip-flop on him. I'm very down on him at the minute after he's made up some nonsense about Phillips and Bielsa having a fall on out just because Phillips was substituted in one match. Like He just completely just made up some shit about it. Like, oh, they must have had a fight. So like, it's, Calvin, it's... Calvin Phillips corrected him, didn't he? Yeah, in a post-match interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. He's making up rubbish. Um, but yeah, so it's an interesting uh, midfield you've got so far, Gerard and Redknapp. Um, who is joining them in the midfield? Uh, Macca, Steve McManaman. Wow. <laughs> For two reasons. First of yeah. all, he's punditry. I just can't bear them. God, yeah. uh, second of all, when I lived in Liverpool, I used to live sort of equidistant between... I used to live in a place called West Derby, which is where Trent right. Alexander-Arnold is from. So yeah. I love the fact yeah. that I might have seen a baby Trent walking around at some point. <laughs> um, but um, where I lived was sort of equidistant between Melwood Training Ground and Anfield. Um, right. and it, it was at the time when you could knock on these big iron gates at Melwood and they'd let you in. As long as you sort of behave yourself, they'd oh, let right. you in and watch the training. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and Liverpool lost to Manchester United uh, one time uh, and it was one of these games where United were just you knew from the moment they turned up they were going to win and I think it was Anfield as well Um, Mm. and it was just one of those games in the mid-90s where United were just going to clean everyone up before them Um, that was on the Saturday I went to watch Liverpool train on the Monday um, and I walked in uh, and I started watching the training and Stephen Manaman was laughing and larking around um, which you know it's probably you can do at work but at yeah. the same time when you've two days before when you've lost your biggest rivals and then you're arsing around on the pitch laughing and joking it really mm. really wound me up yeah um, me up as well. yeah, definitely. yeah. <laughs> it really really annoyed me so I kind of went off him a little bit then um, he faffed around with his contract just to try and get himself a Bosman ruling to Real Madrid so he couldn't get a transfer fee for yeah, it yeah I'm just reading this Liverpool accepted a £12 million bid from Barca but because he wanted to leave on a free transfer, he left on a free transfer and cost you £12 million. Exactly. So, Which in 97 yeah. is a huge amount of money. Yeah, definitely. We could have done something with that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those two things. But also his punditry. I absolutely loathe him as a pundit. He was... Yeah, he is awful. Yeah, he was kind of... Because he's always been very close friends with Robbie Fowler. So he was kind of seen as like the clever one to, you know, Robbie's <laughs> sort of scalliness. Yeah. Um, and so you sort of expect a bit more nuance from him. But he's just absolutely terrible he's on the other day commentating on the Liverpool Milan game I think yeah and he says oh you know I don't watch much I don't really watch any Serie A and you think well firstly why wouldn't you watch it before as you're you know going to be on the game Do yeah research. Bit of research. you're on BT Sport Serie A has got BT Sport is on has got Serie A you must have a subscription or something why can't you watch it yeah um so yeah he's just I just really really can't stand him he seems you know, when players fall down injured, he says, I'll oh, get up and, you know, there's nothing wrong with him, all that sort of thing. And there might yeah. well not be, but he's like proper, you're dour in Weatherspoon's smoking area. Yeah. He is one of the biggest purveyors of drivel I've, I've ever heard as a commentator. He just, he never says anything worthwhile. Doesn't bring anything to the, watching the game. You can, turn, no. you can put him on mute and you won't miss a single thing. No. You, yeah, I guess what you want from your pundit is um, a bit of insight into what has happened. So, um, you want to know uh, why a player has done something or you yeah. want to know why a player might have, um, or, or how a player has kicked the ball, or why he might have kicked the outside of his foot or something like that. But you yeah. don't get any of that from him. No. Um, 
Graham Hunt is very good on La Liga TV with his co-coms because if someone scores a goal with about three or four seconds, he'll say, uh, watch what um, uh, watch what Pedri does here. And then yeah. when it comes to the actual replay, you can then watch him. Um, it's really, really interesting. Yeah. You get none of that with McManaman. No, he's the polar opposite to Ali McCoyst. He sounds like he's a hate in his job. He doesn't want to do it. Like, just, just do it for the money. Whereas McCoyst will give you proper good insight and also sounds like he's enjoying his job. Like That's what I want with McCoyst, yeah. I guess. He sounds, yeah, but McCoy sounds like a man sort of at peace with himself, relaxed to be there. And it comes yeah. across, and the, you know, McManaman doesn't. He just, I don't know he's got to be like a persona or like, you know, angry scouser or something like that, or I'm not too sure. But yeah, I just, but mainly for that time he laughed. How would you felt if you sort of go to training one day after Leeds lost and then all of a sudden you, or Leeds lost to Manchester United, because that's who Leeds yeah. lost to. And then you see Patrick Bamford having a bit of a laugh and a joke. Yeah, it'd be a few minutes. We'd be all over Twitter and he'd be handed out the club in no time at all. <laughs> Quite right, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, who's completing this midfield of very uh, 90s and 2000s Liverpool? Uh, well, it's going to be another 90s, 2000s place. It's going to be Danny Murphy. Wow, yeah, fair enough. Just for concrete, <laughs> his uh, punditry alone. That's what he was there for. I used to really like him as a player. He was quite a good player, but... Um, for a while, we had nobody who could take a penalty. Uh, Gerard had a few saved. Uh, we had a couple of others who couldn't particularly take a penalty. Yeah. Danny Murphy could. Um, and I think, seem to remember at least one one nil victory at Old Trafford uh, yeah. because of a Danny Murphy penalty. And I quite liked him. He seemed a bit of a sort of cultured footballer. Uh, and I was a bit disappointed when we sold him. But his mm. punditry is awful. Yeah. He sounds he like he'd rather be... Him and Danny Mills, the renter quotes... Absolutely, I'll say anything for 20 quid for any website. Yeah, and it sounds like he'd rather be anywhere other than commentating on the football match he's commentating on. Yeah. Um, it's it's appalling. And then he was on Talk Sport the other week talking about the fact that somebody must maybe it, maybe they were talking about the Liverpool throwing coach, specialist throwing coach. Uh, right. and he was going on about that and how you know it's crap how Liverpool got a specialist throwing coach we just used to have one coach in our day doing this and doing that and it's like you're such a bloody dinosaur I've moved on <laughs> yeah exactly uh, but yeah he's in there for his punditry and he's just a terrible terrible pundit in person and just yeah like, he's it, got some bad opinions definitely he sucks, he sucks the life out of the TV yeah in a room with when he's on with Ian Wright on match of the day like it's, it takes a lot to like take the joy out of the room when Ian Wright's on talking about anything yeah. Murphy manages it with ease. Yes. <laughs> Which it should be impossible, but he's, he's so good at doing that. And yes. I remember like, at the end of his career, he just became like this guy who would, he became like a, an, a dead ball specialist. Yeah. And he'd be almost like the Ronaldo of his day. Yeah. He was I don't reckon he scored that many, though. I don't reckon over his career. I don't reckon he actually scored that many kind of free kicks or pen, penalties, probably. But No, maybe not. I tell you, I've just thought of another reason why I can't stand him as well. Championship manager 0001 had this <laughs> rule where if players were 23 or under, yeah. you could loan them for a season. Uh, on CM 0001, Danny Murphy was 24 and you can only lend him for three months, loan him for three months. <laughs> <laughs> it's a completely irrational thing to hate him for, but he used to screw me up for my loan because you only had so many loans in a season back then. Yeah. Um, totally he, valid, used to, he used to screw me up. Yeah. Had 170 games in Liverpool. I don't remember him kind of playing that many games, if I'm honest. When was he sold? Uh, he joined Charlton in 2004. Yeah, so wow. I guess... So 97, that, 97, 2004. I guess that must have been when Rafa came in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I think... Time, yeah. I seem to remember something about the time when uh, Rafa came in and he didn't like the fact that there was... I don't think it was a clique, but 
Only Gerard Carragher Murphy would all sit together. Um, mm. And then everybody else would just sort of sit wherever. Uh, and within a month or two, Owen yeah. and Murphy had gone. Or shipped um, off, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I could see what, probably why he was sold. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, that's a pretty strong midfield. Uh, who are your strikers? Okay, first one is a guy I had huge hopes for. We got him on a Bosman, uh, Milan right. Jovanovic. Um, from, I think we got him from uh, Antwerp, not Antwerp, Anderlecht, I think. He was a Bosman signing right. uh, in about 2010. And he'd been tearing it up in the Belgian league. And I thought we'd unearth this sort of like, um, uh, this diamond that nobody else had found. Um, yeah. I thought, you know, this is going to be great. Um, we'll get this guy in. He's, <laughs> he's Serb. He must be good. You know, he, he, I don't know why I thought that. But, you know, you just thought he must be. Maybe there was a Serbian player around that time that was just really good that maybe I thought he could be another one of those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he came in and I think he was there for a season and scored one goal. And again, I think he wasn't a Hodgson signing. He'd been bought as a Bosman in the previous January. But I think he became symptomatic of that sort of Bosman, or oh, that that sort, sorry, that sort of Hodgson yeah. era with uh, Andre Voronin and Paul Kincheski and people like that. Oh wow, Voronin, I forgot about him. I liked Andre Voronin. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was pretty decent, but yeah, I think he stayed one season and cleared off. But um, but yeah, yes. I had huge hopes for him. I think he scored one goal. In he did with us. in a League Cup game against League Two side Northampton Town. There you go. <laughs> Ryan might have even seen that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He played so, 10, 10 Premier League games, no goals, no assists. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's why he's here. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. He was tearing up in uh, Belgium for Standard Liège. He got 52 and 106. Um, oh, exactly, yeah. In four years there. So, yeah, it, it's a fair Bosman signing. Like, that's a good good ratio. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe, Who's his yeah, strike partner? Uh, oh, 2009 10. I've not even been Vorin. I'm not sure. Uh, could have been. It have been Torres for a little bit, I think. I think it might have been, yeah. So it's, it's an odd year because Rafa left in 2010. Mm. Roy was there. And then Doug Leach took over in early 2011. Yes, that's right. Because yeah. I think it was the January when we sold Torres for 50 million. And about a day later, we'd got in Andy Carroll and Luis Suarez. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think maybe it was um, it, it, it was that sort of time. But yeah, I think uh, yeah, maybe I was thinking Alfonso Alves had come from Holland with a big reputation and flunked. Matai Kesman was the same, and I thought, well, you know, maybe this we've got this guy in Bosman. Yeah. Can, this this is like some diamond that nobody else in Europe has managed to see. But you know, it turns out it was a good reason why nobody else in Europe had signed him. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just looking at that squad from that season. It's uh, it is very weird. David and, David and Gog. I like David and Gog. Um, <laughs> I, 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 to this day, I think he's a promising sort of twenty-year-old, but he's you know. <laughs> Maxi Rodriguez. Yeah, he had a retired day. I like Max Rodriguez. He was a yeah. decent player. Raul Morelish. I, I used to love him. I like Raul Morelish. We only yeah. we only kept him for a season and so was Chelsea. Mohawk tattoos, massive beard, fantastic. Yeah. Um, who else was there? Fabio Aurelio. <laughs> I love Fabio, Fabio Aurelio as a legend. I love Fabio Aurelio. <laughs> yeah, Tom Ince that season made his one and only appearance. Um, yeah, Ryan Babble. I got to love Ryan Babble. <laughs> yeah, Lucas. Lucas was there that time. Alberto yeah, Aquilani. Was... I really liked him. I was so disappointed that he him. never worked yeah. out. <laughs> I, yeah, I liked Alberto Aquilani. He was always injured. Um, I seem to remember he was always injured when he was in it. I think he bought it from Roma. And yeah. he was injured a lot for... Rover, um, and it was like a bit of a punt as a Xavi Alonso placement. Um, 
But it didn't quite work out. But yeah, I quite liked him. Yeah. You must have signed Suarez in the January then, because you got before that, it was it seems to be you make most used strikers were Dirk Coit, uh Devlin Gog. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's it really. Dirk Coit played on the wing most of <laughs> Have we still yes. got Pongol and Latalek though? I think they've both left. They're not they didn't make a single appearance that season. Oh, okay. Mascherano <laughs> played one game. That's why well, did he only play one game that year? That's weird. And you may have been injured. I think we sold him fairly ah, right. around it. Did we? I, I can't remember if we played in the 2011 Champions League final against United. I'm trying to remember. Maybe we Christian saw maybe it was in Christian Paulson. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> Do I remember to... no. Have a look. Click on, his, click on his link and see who we sold him to. Um, Evian, the war yeah. company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't remember who we got him from. I think we got him from somewhere in Italy, didn't we? Juventus, yeah. Juventus, yeah. And then look at we saw it's like yeah, exactly. there and sold into there. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that is a weird, weird time to be a Liverpool fan. Yeah. Um, anyway, in your team, then who is your final player? Who is your, your other striker in this team? Well, I think we might agree on this one. Oh, how's Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a man that will be making another appearance at some point in the future. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd say I don't mind terribleness. I just hate dickheads. But yeah, he's one of the biggest, I think, um, think we've had. I did like him when he was at Rangers, when he used to take great delight in winding up Scott Brown and all the Celtic fans. Yeah. That was quite fun. When he was here getting sort of spitting on the opposition and um, yeah. all those sorts of things, I wasn't so much of a fan. Um, yeah. I remember what I watched him the first time. I watched him... Um, it was 2001 African Nations. Yeah. Uh, he played on the wing. And it was unbelievable. Uh, mm. And I thought, yeah, this guy's something else. And then he played for Senegal in the World Cup. Yeah, that's um, where everyone took notice, didn't they? Because they beat France today in the first game. They beat, yeah, I think he, I think Papa B, Papa, Papa B, B, Diop. B, Diop. He scored the Papa goal Legend. against France. Yeah, I think he scored the goal against France. But yeah. I think it was a Hadjjuf uh, assist. But yeah, I remember watching him in 2001 AFCON and then I saw him again at the World Cup 2002 and he just looked amazing again and I was thinking <clears throat> Gerard Houllier please sign this guy uh, <laughs> and he did and I think he started all right but he just got crap really quickly Pele named him in his top 100 players of all time <laughs> <laughs> he's got this weird um, aura around him as yeah. this like absolute superstar legend player and his record doesn't back it up at all do you remember the Leeds fan who was about 10 years old that dressed up as him and blacked oh, his face off with his little yeah. mohawk? <laughs> God, that was an awful time. I uh, mean, he, him and Warnock were there at the same time. and ugh, I hated football. Days. I hated football. <laughs> I think he is a, a very charitable person back in um, Senegal. I think he does a lot of community work and sort of um, project work, uh, yeah. sort of outreach work back there. Uh, which is all very commendable, but he was just a horrible rat of a footballer. Yeah, he was an absolute twat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably I remember him, uh, we played Brighton, I think he scored in like the 89th and 90th minute, and he got sent off straight after scoring because he ran over towards the Brighton away fans and grabbed his cock and uh, started making gestures towards them <laughs> and was immediately sent off. <laughs> Well, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> oh, definitely. Clearly, clearly a homophobe. Um, <laughs> yeah, three goals for Liverpool in fifty uh, in seventy nine games in well, total. Because yeah, he had a loan at Bolton for a while. Just two seasons, he was there. Yeah, he um, so he joined in 
2002-2005, he went on loan to Bolton for the 0405 season, and then that made that a permanent transfer to Bolton. And then he was at Sunderland, and then Blackburn, and then Rangers, and then Doncaster, and, and Leeds, and then Sabah FA, who I'm assuming are a uh, Senegalese football team. Doncaster, that was the time when Doncaster, were, they started signing randomly good players at that point, didn't they? Yeah, they had, I can't remember what his name was now, something Ryan, I think. John, I was going to say John Ryan, but their, their chairman had a little bit of money about him, so he was just throwing it at all sorts of weird people. They also signed one of the guys from One Direction at one point as well. Yeah, that's right, Louis Tomlinson. <laughs> Didn't yeah. they sign, um, oh, Pascal Chimbonda and people like that? Yeah, they've, they've had some players across the years. Yeah. I remember it's when... definitely not helped them now they're in League <laughs> 2, struggling. <laughs> I remember when I had Jeff played for Bolton because he died for a penalty once and Gary Spee was on Match of the Day afterwards saying, well, other people to do it to us, so, you know, why can't we do it to them? <laughs> Oh, that's a shame. Very speechless <laughs> yeah. defending. Yeah. That's a memory for you, ruined. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I always remember the Warnock calling him a, was it lower the sewer rat for the Jamie Mackay thing? Oh, Jamie Mackey, yes. He broke Jamie Mackey, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. And then oh, they, now I definitely hate him because I love Jamie Mackey. He was at QPR. And then, they would, and then Warnock would sign him to play for Leeds, which just shows that <laughs> he'd do anything to win, Neil Warnock. <laughs> Well, there we go. That is some team. Who is the captain of this uh, band of misfits? Uh, I've not actually picked a captain. Um, I'm going to go with House Jeff. Why not? Fitting. It's really <laughs> fitting. That's a, that is a really strong midfield. It's very central. Um, McManaman's done a lot of wing work there. but I, I suppose you could have uh, Red, uh, Murphy on one wing and McManaman on the other, could you? I guess. He did England things, did Gerard on the left? Yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, uh, Jovanovic and uh, Drift up front. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a fluid. It's a fluid front six, that is. <laughs> a lot of work for David James to do. Poor David James. Um, I who like is... David James as a person. It's just that, you know, I had to pick somebody as a goalkeeper. Yes, fair enough. You've had a good, you've had a good list of goalies. Who is the manager of this uh, band of misfits? Uh, it's got to be Roy. Oh, poor Roy. <laughs> a man so bad. Such a wet blanket that another man came in and take his job while he was still there. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I did toy between Roy and um, uh, Roy Hodgson and Roy Evans because I don't yeah. remember, but Roy Evans was so bad. They brought Gerard Houllier in to be joint manager with him. Yeah, like how could you stand that? Like you'd just leave, wouldn't you? Well, exactly. Yeah. But like, you've obviously, this is my replacement. Why am I still here? Why have you fired me? <laughs> I'm definitely not handing my notice in and foregoing that payoff. <laughs> you have to fire me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I went for Roy Hodgson in the end. Um, yeah. A couple of um, people who nearly got in, Christian Paulson nearly got in, um, Philippe Degan nearly got in, Andre Decina nearly got in, but he didn't because he once scored a lot at Old Trafford. Uh, Mark Gonzalez nearly got in. I had huge hopes of him. He was like a Mark Chilean Gonzalez. winger. Yeah. And I thought he'd be brilliant. And then he scored in the first minute on his debut uh, at Anfield. And I thought this guy's going to be something else. And then he wasn't. And then Antonio Nunes, who we got from Real Madrid uh, as part of uh, some deal. And I can't remember what the deal was. I don't know if it was Javi Lonzo. I don't think it was. Um, right. It was earlier than that, I think. But yeah, we got him as part. Might have been, might have been Mike Lowen. Might have been part of Mike Lowen deal. Probably, yeah. Yeah. He was hopeless. You think getting a Real Madrid player, you think brilliant. But we happened yeah. to find the only Real Madrid player that was crap. Oh, yeah. No, we've done that before. Real Bravo. So, <laughs> it can happen <laughs> easily done <laughs> Roy Hodgson started his managerial career in 1976 yeah he did I mean he's managed he's managed <laughs> Switzerland United Arab Emirates he's done so he's international he's managed Inter Milan as well hasn't he twice and England <laughs> and England yeah <laughs> I always forget that he was England manager 
He got his own win. relegated, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, and then took the Inter-Milan job off the back of it. Yeah. He came I from think... Inter to Blackburn and went back to Inter and That's then went around uh, Sweden. Yeah, gra- uh, not Switzerland, sorry, Grasshoppers and then all around the place. Copenhagen, yeah, yeah. Udinese, Vikings, Finland manager, Fulham, Liverpool, West Brom, England, Crystal Palace. He took Finland to, okay, Switzerland to the quarterfinals of the 94 World Cup. Yeah. Too much like it's something a... about him back then, but... Weird. It's a weird, it's a weird career. <laughs> Very odd. I always think with things like that, I mean, players that move around from club to club as well, they've obviously got like kids. So mm. what do you do? Do you I mean your are your kids constantly moving schools or you know, <laughs> yeah, going to be. different houses, or do they stay yeah. in one place and then you know you just sort of live in a hotel or something? Like Eddie Howard, he went from Bournemouth up to Burnley and then yeah. Back down again. What you know? What happened to did his family go with him? His kids all move school or or what? I think a lot of the time the families stay put, don't they? They're like, they don't bother because they know it's a, in theory, could be a short term thing, or in reality, will be a short term thing. And it definitely was for Eddie Howe. Yeah, I wonder if, if they've moved to Newcastle with him. If you look at that CV for Roy Hodgson, all those places he's been, you know, Mrs. Hodgson and all the little Hodgsons. Yeah, they've bought a house in. I reckon they they settled in Fulham and they've they've, they've stayed in Fulham ever since. <laughs> 2007 <laughs> after 21 years of moving around all over the world if you think Ranieri the, the jobs Ranieri has had since he left Leicester oh my god yeah so you know Mrs Ranieri where did she go she must go all over the place with him <laughs> What's he yeah. had? He's, he's had Fulham Watford uh, Roma uh, yeah. I think he was at Sampdoria he was at no Sampdoria yeah um, all sorts of places <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's had many clubs as Roy Hodgson and he started his manager career at 20 Almost uh, 12 years like earlier, like later, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we were surprised on, on the Thursday show that he was only like 69 or something. Yeah. He was going to be the Leeds manager that they uh, they approached. Um, he was the other guy they approached, him, Conte and Bielsa. There were three that we were going to approach and uh, Bielsa was obviously top of the list and they were surprised that he actually returned their call so they kind of been the other two off, thankfully. <laughs> well, yeah. But all right. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. That is some team, Chris. That's going it, to... It's definitely worse than Nathan's team. I know Nathan's Arsenal team had some good talent in midfield. Ed Mesut Ozil and Aaron Ramsey and Andrea Sharvin. But I don't know. The defences, they kind of match up. Sendros and Mustafi, Dejan Lovren and Jason McAteer. <laughs> <laughs> You've definitely got worse strikers. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's, that's guaranteed, I think. So there we go. That is... Yeah, well, it's just going to be 11 um, Jordan Hendersons with honourable mentions for Duke Origi. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, if you want to get involved, do you want to do your worst ever, your least favourite 11 of your team new support, get in touch with us on the following places, Man of the Post on Twitter. Uh, you can contact me at Ross Bell underscore underscore. You can contact Chris if you want and let him know you want to be part of it because he's one of the hosts of our podcast. Where can they find you, Chris, on Twitter? CXGM77. There you go. Um so you host the Thursday show of our podcast, which we've just done over a thousand shows, which is incredible, really. I, I'm still amazed that we've hit and passed a thousand episodes. It's mental. It really is. The amount of podcasts that have come and gone. And I, I just, I love it. Like, I don't do a lot of podcasts anymore. This is kind of my thing now, but I love listening to you guys every week. It's really fun. Um, even if it can be a little bit difficult for you on occasions, listening to some people, you get a lot of... Uh, kickback from your, your co-hosts sometimes 
Uh, no, I've got to be honest. It is like the highlight of my uh, well, the highlight of my week is uh, is doing that. It is quite good fun. Um, we managed because... to tempt Ryan back out of his uh, hibernation. Yeah, event. you just don't know where the conversation is going to go. So it's um, it is it's, it's superb fun to do. It's good fun. So make sure you're tuned in to us, Man on the Post. Make sure you subscribe all on every platform, basically. We're on every platform podcasts are on. You can find us. Just search Man on the Post. Subscribe, rate, review, leave likes, follow, do all that sort of stuff wherever you find us. And yeah, just get in contact at Man on the Post. We love to have Twitter and um, interactions. It's our favourite thing. There's a couple of us that are on that account. Chris is probably the most active. Um, he has been told a few times for some of his tweets, but we let him get away with pretty much everything. Um Chris, any final words from you before we finish? Uh, no, I'm sorry to each and every single one of those players if they're listening. <laughs> I'm going to include every one of them in the tweet and see who gets back to us. Oh, are you going to tag them? <laughs> yeah, one of them will. One of them is so thin-skinned that they will get back to us. <laughs> I reckon it'll be Jason McAteer. <laughs> yeah, I might do that because you can tag people without actually tagging them, can't you? You can just like, like add them to the tweet. Someone's That's like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please, definitely do that. <laughs> Uh, so thank you for listening it's goodbye from me it's goodbye from Chris goodbye and always remember to keep your man on the post